the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to history class. Yeah, I've always been interested in history, uh, especially American history, almost only American. Ah, we shouldn't say that. Mostly American history, though. And I learned something interesting today about Cincinnati. And this may be coming out of the blue to you. Why would I be talking about Cincinnati? And I'm not uh, talking here about the Reds or the Bengals either. Just the city, you know, Cincinnati, Ohio, and where it got its name. And I wouldn't be surprised if you don't know where the name comes from. I didn't. And my first guest after the break is going to talk about why most people should know where the name Cincinnati comes from and why they don't and why the fact that they don't is another example of the ignorance of American history that uh, people seem to have these days, which could end up ruining the whole idea that the founders came up with uh, a couple hundred years ago. But it also got me to thinking about Pittsburgh and how many people sitting in rush hour traffic right now would be able to tell you anything about the guy whose name is on the city we live in. Uh, That would be William Pitt, in case you didn't know. Uh, That's right, William Pitt of Pittsburgh. Uh, He actually wasn't from Pittsburgh. But anyway, he was the Earl of Chatham, which is over there in uh, Great Britain, United Kingdom, whatever they called it back then, which might explain Chatham University, which used to be Chatham College. I don't know. But it was General Forbes... Uh, who may have designed Forbes Field, not sure about that, but he was the guy responsible for changing the name of the uh, fort on the point down there from Fort Duquesne to Fort Pitt. And not long after that, they put the fountain in. And William Pitt was also Prime Minister of England. I don't remember spending a lot of time in history class learning about him. He had a reputation, believe it or not, as a great orator and may have been responsible for the pronunciation of Dantan, And use of the word yins. Not sure about that. But seriously, uh, he was a major anti-government guy who was actually known as the great commoner because he had a long-standing policy of refusing a title. He was the prime minister during the French and Indian War, and he was known for pointing out corruption in government. And how about this? William Pitt was also known, well-known, for supporting the colonials before the Revolutionary War. He was on our side way back then. Pittsburgh guy. Sounds like a perfect Pittsburgh guy. Ask your kids or grandkids if they have ever spent more than five minutes studying who William Pitt was. I have a funny feeling they haven't. I could be wrong. But when we come back, you are going to learn about Cincinnati and also about a lot of government stupidity that follows from maybe you not knowing where that name came from. Stick around. We've been telling you about something called Miracles in Moon for a few weeks here, and uh, the president and CEO, Mike Magolik, joins us. Thanks for having us, John. We appreciate all the support. Mike, your son has a genetic disorder that makes him someone who will appreciate this field, right? Yeah, that's correct. Our youngest son, Luke, has a rare genetic disease called 5P-. minus. About 30 to 35 kids a year in the U.S. are born with wow, it. Wow, that's all. Um, yeah, so the main reason that we're building this field with the help of the community is that we want everyone to have a team, everyone to use a restroom with the dignity that they deserve, mm-hmm. and have families to have a safe place to play. You're not getting any federal taxpayer money here, right? So this is all donations that's going to get this thing done? Yeah, that's correct. Everyone talks about how great Pittsburgh is, and our board can definitely feel that because the money that we've raised, close to $2 million, have been from individuals, companies, and foundations. And if you'd like to see how you can help, please go to the website. Check it out at miraclesinmoon.org. Miraclesinmoon.org. Have you ever seen a pest controller spraying chemicals in your home? It makes you wonder, if their chemicals are safe, then why do they suit up and wear respirators only to leave you to walk back in unprotected? G'day, I'm Scott from Plug-In Pest Free, 
And I'm here to tell you there's a better way. In an age where we now have the choice to drive electric cars, you too can electronically read your home or business of unwanted rodents and pests. The answer is plug-in pest-free. 100% chemical-free, plug-in pest-free is your safest bet for your family and pets. Our bestseller, the Plug-in Pest-Free Pro, will cover up to 4,000 square feet. Now that's fair dinkum. So order yours today at gopestfree.com. Use promo code SAVE20 for 20% off plus free shipping and a 60-day money-back guarantee. That's gopestfree.com, promo code SAVE20. Don't spray and regret, plug in and forget. Gopestfree.com today. Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover. All for just three bucks, plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 3388 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 3388. Enjoy. You watch what you eat. You're hitting the gym. You're doing your best to live a healthy life. But did you know that a bad night's sleep and a bad mattress can have a big impact on your health? Here at the Original Mattress Factory, our hand-built mattresses made of the highest quality materials provide the comfort and support needed to provide healthy sleep for years to come. To learn more about how the right mattress can help you achieve healthy sleep habits, visit OriginalMattress.com or stop by an Original Mattress Factory store near you. The gimmicks, the flashy sales, and the big markups. Mattress stores have made the mattress shopping experience confusing on purpose. Ron Trzinski started the original Mattress Factory to create a better way. He raised the bar on quality, offered hand-built mattresses for a fraction of the cost, and ditched the high-pressure sales tactics, all to create a better mattress buying experience for you. You could say he was the original disruptor. Stop by an original Mattress Factory store or visit us at OriginalMattress.com to see the OMF difference for yourself. You're listening to The John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. So our history lesson continues. Robert Curry writes for The Federalist. He's also the author of Common Sense Nation, Unlocking the Forgotten Power of the American Idea and Reclaiming Common Sense, Finding Truth in a Post-Truth World. He joins us now. Robert, thanks for being here. It's great to be here. Thank you very much. So before we get to your piece at The Federalist today that caught my eye, the uh, the title of your book is interesting. Uh, how long have we been living in a post-truth world, and are we trapped in it? Oh, boy, what a great question. Um, the post-truth world is a you know is a pretty recent phenomenon. I think I think in I think in World War II, Americans still uh, you know we disagreed on things, but we did believe there was truth. You know, um, but I think that um, the 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 radical professors who took over the university subsequent to the radicalism of the 60s, have uh, campaigned against truth and said that there's no such thing as truth. They're just your truth and, and well, my truth, you know. So now the argument, if somebody talks about truth, they're li- if, some, if they're talking to someone who's been to the university, they're li- liable to hear whose truth, you know. And I think, uh, I think we are, um, I think we are in, a, in a bad way if we don't fight our way back to an idea that there really is truth there and there really is right and wrong well, there how, how many things are there that that you're going to find a consensus on uh that's considered truth i mean two plus two is four is one thing but uh, when it comes to politics and philosophy and uh you know interpreting history and all those things um isn't it kind of hard to expect there to be one truth well um i think there is i think the um i think the so what a great question. I'm sort of unprepared for this in a way. That's okay. Uh, so That's okay. Well, I'm going to stumble a bit. But I mean, the idea, the, it's one thing to say that, that uh, the truth about American history is that it's 
was pretty wonderful and we had our flaws and it's a, another thing to say um you know american history was all flaws but the i but it was and yet it's another thing totally says there's no truth there's only a narrative the people who like america have their narrative the people who don't right. like america have their narrative and it's just uh and basically then it comes down to just a power question if if most people think america is bad and can shut up the people that think it's good then the debate is over, but not on the basis of what's the truth about America. Yeah, it's uh, convenient truth more than absolute truth. Um, I really, really, these people talk about in terms of this idea of a narrative, mm-hmm. you know, a, a story. You know, we, you, we've got our story, and it's better than yours, and we're going to beat you with it. That's yeah. the, that's the what the post-truth people say. Mm-hmm. Well, um, now getting to your piece, I've been to Cincinnati, Ohio. I covered sports for a long time, still do. I talked a lot about the Reds and the Bengals, um, but I found out something about Cincinnati uh, today in your piece that I didn't know, uh, uh, and I didn't know that I didn't know it, actually. It, that <laughs> Cincinnati is actually named after George Washington, sort of. Can you explain? Oh, yeah, I sure can. So uh, once upon a time, every American knew it, and a smart guy like you, would have known all knew would have known this story, uh, you know, and all about it actually. So Cincinnati was the was um, Washington was Washington's celebrated name. It celebrated his great character, and and the Cincinnati were the officers who served with him in the Revolutionary War. And these these men, you know, they were they shone bright with fame because of their um, because of their great leader, and so every American knew who the Cincinnati were mm-hmm. and and every bit and, mo- and for until recently most americans could have told you a, a few of who they were some of the most famous ones they would have been able to uh, list off you know yeah. but so great has our has been our forgetting of american history that people in cincinnati don't know what cincinnati means isn't that amazing yeah and um and i i would guess uh robert that if you went around town here in pittsburgh and asked people who william pitt was I'm not that confident that they'd be able to give you a good answer. They, they would say, oh, that's this guy that Pittsburgh's named after, and that'd be it. That- <laughs> <laughs> I think that's right. I mean, somehow, you know, we didn't just accidentally forget about this stuff. It's just not been, it's not, it's not taught anymore. It's just forgotten in the sense of left out. Yeah. You know, one of my friends uh, who read this said her, her eight-year-old boy said, um, Americans don't know who the Cincinnati are and who Cincinnati was. And he laughed because he had learned it in his school, which, of course, was not a public school. Yeah, well, of course. Well, you know, um, I went to some good schools. I went to Catholic schools, and I, I thought I got a really good education. I don't remember being taught that. That I wasn't the greatest student, so uh, <laughs> it's possible that I was and I forgot. But I think that's something I would have remembered. Because- I, I, you know, I wasn't taught it either. I had to find this out for myself. Yeah, I, 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 I can pretty much guarantee you that we weren't taught that in school. And, you know, when I was a little kid. I was going out to see the Pirates play the Cincinnati Reds. And, I, I mean, I, I just – Cincinnati was a place in Ohio, and I really never gave it much thought. I pro- I might have thought it was named after Indians, you know. Yeah. Like yeah, Milwaukee I think I or, too. you know. Yeah, I think, I think I might have thought it was an Indian word too. But the really important thing is that once upon a time, every American knew all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Because Americans, you know, uh, out of out of patriotism and also pride, I think, um, loved the American story. So the idea, you know, the virtue of of, um, of Washington was present to them. By the way, he's named after the Cincinnati was this Roman general. Yeah, that was my who was gonna ask you saved that. who saved uh, you know when he saved Rome, uh, Senate, but. Uh, uh, put him in charge of the armies to save Rome when they were being invaded. He, he won that war, saved the country, and then he retired to his farm. So he was the classical Roman image of Republican virtue. Mm-hmm. And that's and that's who uh, Washington was, who kept giving up power. We kept forcing it on him, and he kept giving it up, you know. So Cincinnati was his name, and Americans understood, once upon a time, what that meant, and what it meant in a deep sense, that is, the greatness of Washington. Yeah, and uh, you write in your piece <clears throat> that um, what a giant he was and how unique it was for someone who was actually begged to stay in power twice, um, yes. who uh, on the third time he said, ah, you know what, uh, no, somebody else needs to take over. You've had enough of me. And There's not that kind of humility uh, 
that prevalent in politics today, I don't think. Well, you know, Washington was surely, I mean, George, King George said that Washington was the greatest man of the century, and he was a, a king in that century. But I think it's I think the truth is that Washington was probably the greatest man of the second millennium, and I think that the, his astonishing virtue and wisdom and prudence really made America possible. He's the indispensable man. If we hadn't had Washington, I don't know if either you or I would be here today, or if we were, what language we'd be speaking. He was the man who made it happen. He, he, you know, his role in the Revolutionary War, the con- design of the Constitution, establishing the federal government and putting it on the basis that it ran on so well so long. Those achievements are world historical. You know, um, Gary Wills uh, in an interview one time said, who's the greatest president? And he said, well, of course, George Washington, but it's not fair to Lincoln because George Washington properly belongs in the in the list of great founders of nations mm-hmm. and in that and in that list he's the greatest also yeah, yeah. well well um you, we're talking to Robert Curry, he's the author of uh, Common Sense Nation Unlocking the Forgotten Power of the American Idea and his book coming out soon Reclaiming Common Sense Finding Truth in a Post-Truth World your piece in the Federalist today Robert um uh, the, the headline is, Has Ignorance of American History, uh, How Ignorance of American History Feeds Demagogues Who Hate the Constitution. Um, so there is a, how much ignorance is there out there? I, I wouldn't consider, maybe it's because I didn't know it, but I wouldn't consider not nece- not knowing the, uh, the Cincinnati story necessarily a bad example of ignorance, but uh, it's out there. Oh, I would agree with you. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, I just tried to illustrate that as a, I just tried to use that as an illustration. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the, the bad news is that the, that the Americans, the Americans have really forgotten the, the founders' idea and what made the country so great. I mean, the 17th, I discussed the 17th Amendment in yeah. there, and that's the one that makes for the, made for the direct election of senators, you know, by, by popular vote. Well, you know, that was an amendment. In a, in a time of feverish reform, where where demagogues got the the people to do something that didn't work for them. Now, the next amendment was the 18th. That was prohibition. Pretty much everybody agrees that was a terrible right. mistake, and so we corrected it. But the but the the damage of the 17th was more. The 17th amendment was more insidious, and it was harder for people to see the bad things that were happening as a result of it, and it took longer for that to play out. So you know we can we can we can make mistakes. You know you're a man of common sense, but I know you made a mistake once in a while. Yeah. You know we both do, and the American people with their common sense can make a mistake. But um, the, what the important thing is that if we don't understand the founders' vision, then we when we make changes to the Constitution, we there's a risk that we might foul it up. Yeah. No. Um, for uh, and I, I would. I would guess that there are quite a few people out there, including listening right now, uh, who don't know that senators used to be chosen by state legislatures. Um, And that's the 17th Amendment um, uh, that changed that. Um, So why – and you say that that kind of – that pretty much just destroyed the 10th Amendment, which is – That overthrew the 10th Amendment because the 10th Amendment said the the limited and few powers delegated by the states – to the to the federal government, um, you know the powers delegated to the federal government were limited and few, and all the other powers were re, were, were retained by the states. Right. Well, of course, the Seventeenth Amendment has led to the situation now where, you know, uh, let me let me I can illustrate this beautifully. I think Washington's cabinet had four members: Jefferson at State, Hamilton at Treasury, Knox at War, and Edmund Randolph at, as Attorney General. Pretty good group. <laughs> the best cabinet we ever had. Yeah. And and look at it, what it says. I mean, state and war and treasury, that says that the purpose of the federal government was, you know, relations with other nations and and um and self defense. Right. And and the other job, but it wasn't the main job, was to settle trade disputes between the Americans. Inter- interstate states. commerce, yeah. Yeah, because in those days they would, you know, they would try to put tariffs on each other and mm-hmm. got into disputes and stuff. So there needed to be a body to settle those things so that America could enjoy the benefits of a 
free market that reaches you know the whole country. Here, I mean, it's, and the point the is, of our, it's the secret of our <laughs> economic success. The point is, there was no Secretary of Ed- Education, uh, Health and Human Services. Um, those uh, were not considered the purview of the federal government. There was no need for a cabinet member because there's nobody who thought that the federal government should have anything to do with any of those things. That's exactly right. And think about it for just a second. The Department of Education is a brand new child of the progressive project. 1965, in, I think. Yeah. Well, uh, later, it oh. came in during the, the Carter administration, oh, wow. 78 or 9. Oh, okay. okay, now just let me ask you a question. Just yeah. as a man of common sense, education in America better now or better before the Education Department? Not even close. So, so we have something where the federal government is do is meddling where the founders didn't want it to, with the result of a, of a, of a, of a downtrend. Mm-hmm. I mean, the simplest thing America could do to make itself better today would be to shut the Department of Education down. Well, I've, I've now, been... that wouldn't fix the problems, but it would stop having it be this. You know, these the Department of Education are the people who were demanding that boys be able to use the girls' shower. Yeah, and, and, and look, and if, you, if you lived in a township that uh, decided that that was a smart thing to do, then you could move out of the township. That's exactly right, which and is that the, was which the is idea. The, that was right. the founder's idea, actually. Right, right. And if you lived in a state that the taxes were too high, um, or any laws you didn't like, you had the, at least the option of moving to another state, or maybe uh, a better chance of removing the people who were running your state than you have of removing the people running the gov- the federal government. All of that is exactly true and exactly what they said and exactly what they meant. And uh, and now you have people running around wanting to give uh, – uh, have, have people with uh, – they want to give everybody a free college education, the federal <laughs> government. Well, you can see why, because college has abandoned the job of teaching Americans – about uh, how to think and, and how to uh, uh, know about America. And the, the universities and colleges, almost to the, there's only a handful that aren't involved in the project of brainwashing children, really, into the ideas of, of um, you know, the, the post truth ideas. When I, when I know it, when someone I know who's going off to college, I said, listen, they're going to try to beat the common sense out of you. Don't <laughs> let them, don't let yeah, them do it. They're doing a good job, too. They're doing a good job. My friend Robert Godwin has a great line. It's a kind of a play on the joke about, you know, the common cold. He says, say what you want about the liberal arts, but they have found a cure for common sense. <laughs> well, I, uh, I only have about a minute and a half left here, Robert, and there are lots of, stu- uh, lots of stupidity. Uh, there is lots of stupidity coming from the Democrats when it comes to the Electoral College. And uh, oh, you God. trace this back to the, to the 17th Amendment, which allowed for the uh, direct uh, election of senators. That's exactly right. So this is the continuing that project. The direct election of the president would make the president no longer the president of the United States. He'd be the president of the big cities of America. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and he would have this even worse harm than the direct election of, of, the, of senators. But it's part of the same project. Basically, when you have the direct election of the senators and the president, you've eliminated the, the founders' republic. And you have just a... You know, a, um, uh, the republic is gone. Yeah. You do have the Democrats' vision of a democracy. I, I, I agree with all that. My problem is I don't, I don't think there are three people in the Democratic Party who agree with that anymore. I, think, I don't think there are. If, if they are, they're keeping their mouth shut. It's not safe to say it. Well, right? so, well, well, I'm out of time, Robert. i got about 20 seconds. Uh, what's the solution? Is there one? Education. That's why I. That's why I've written the books. You know, I'm. Thank you for having me on because I think of the American idea is so beautiful that if people just get exposed to it, they're going to fall in love with it. But the truth is, they haven't been exposed to it. In fact, they've been exposed to a bunch of lies to turn them off to America. Yeah, I, I like to vote for someone whose uh, whose slogan is "I will leave you alone." That would be. <laughs> I don't know if there's anybody out there doing that, but if they are, they're getting my vote. <laughs> I think we have. Uh, I think we can. I think we see the same world. Thank you. Hey, thank you, Robert, for being on. Thanks a lot. We appreciate it. I really enjoyed chatting with you, Dave. Right. Thanks. Uh, we'll be right back. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. Sarah Huckabee Sanders will be departing her position at the end of this month. 
She told a meeting at the White House today it was an honor to serve as White House press secretary. This has been the honor of a lifetime, the opportunity of a lifetime. Uh, I couldn't be prouder to have had the opportunity to serve my country and particularly to work for this president. Uh, He has accomplished so much in these two and a half years, and it's truly been uh, something I will treasure forever. Again, Sarah Huckabee Sanders will be leaving her job as White House press secretary to return home to Arkansas. Two oil tankers have come under a suspected attack near the strategic Strait of Hormuz. One of them set ablaze, and U.S. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo blamed Iran for what he called a campaign of escalating tensions. On Wall Street, the dot by 102 points. This is SRN News. Your retirement accounts are at risk. That's right. Your entire retirement savings have never been more exposed. If you have retirement investments, there is an IRS loophole that can't save your nest egg. Don't let government bail-ins and fiscal irresponsibility wipe out your savings. Text loophole to 49776 to get Advantage Gold's explosive report that bankers and Wall Street do not want you to see. Your wealth is threatened by political infighting, massive debt, stock market volatility, and experts predict that the U.S. dollar could lose its status as the global reserve currency. Learn all about the IRS loophole that can protect you from massive losses. This IRS loophole could be your last chance to secure your assets. Text loophole to 49776 right now. Don't risk losing your entire retirement. Text loophole to 49776. Don't delay. Text loophole to 49776 now. Hugh Hewitt believes the Mueller report is incoherent. I get wound up about this. The report was incomprehensible. It's actually indecipherable. News organizations are divided on something as basic as whether or not there are 10 or 11 specific fact patterns reviewed in Part 11. That's how badly it's written. And it's profoundly irresponsible. He fumbled the ball badly. Badly. The Hugh Hewitt Show. Weekday mornings at 6, right before Mike Gallagher at 9 on AM 1250. The Answer. Community Bank. City Mission. Number one Cochran. Highmark Stadium. Peters Township Community Center. Angelo's Restaurant. What do all these businesses have in common? Nello Construction. Design and build with one company. Nello Construction. Full-service construction from the ground up. Renovation. Expansion. Nello Construction. The choice for business. See the projects. Begin the journey at NelloConstruction.com. This is Chris Abernethy of Abernethy and Hagerman. You don't want the government deciding what happens to your estate or how much they will take. At Abernethy and Hagerman, estate administration is the heart and soul of our practice. We have the experience to help not only plan, but administer your estate properly to protect your assets, minimize taxes, and ensure that your inheritance gets to the ones you love. Decide for yourself. Abernethy and Hagerman, legal help that lasts a lifetime. Visit a-h.law. Are you worried that the next market downturn could rob you of your wealth and your security? Are you concerned that your lifetime may last longer than your life savings? You don't have to be. For over 30 years, Gary Hunt has advocated for strong retirement principles, helping families in Allegheny and Westmoreland generate more income while protecting their retirement funds. And Gary now offers retirement-minded savers and investors a free book so you can better understand what it takes to structure a more stable, secure, and confident retirement. Call Gary Hunt and request your copy of Income Allocation. 844-366-HUNT. That's 844-366-4868. Pella has done it again. With our brand new lifestyle series, Pella can customize window replacement solutions room by room. Imagine bedroom and bathroom windows with shades between the glass, a room darkening experience for sleep in one room, and beautiful privacy in the other. Pella Lifestyle Series is the number one performing wood window and patio door. For a limited time, get 20% off your entire project or 18 months no payments, no interest. Call 888-77-PELLA. PellaPittsburgh.com. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. On the Parkway North, it's heavy on the outbound side. Mount Nebo Road overpass up to 79. Northbound 79 crawls along Mount Nebo Road up to 910. And we've got delays on the Parkway East with volume outbound Boulevard of the Allies to Edgewood, Swissvale. Outbound 28, you're slowing down Veterans Bridge to the Highland Park Bridge and an accident inbound 28 off to the shoulder near Delafield Avenue. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, the answer. Weather. 
breezy with a couple of showers this evening, then turning out partly cloudy later tonight, going down to a low of 48 degrees. Tomorrow, mostly sunny with a refreshing breeze, high 71. Partly cloudy tomorrow night, low 54. Then for Saturday, periods of clouds and sun with a shower in some spots for the afternoon. High Saturday, 74 degrees. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm meteorologist Danielle Niddle. This is the John Stackerwalt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. Well, we just spent our last segment talking about how the federal government has gotten involved in way too much of our lives. And if you pay attention, you'll see plenty of examples of why the founders wanted the federal government to only deal with the basics. There's no better example than the amount of our money that is wasted by the federal government. Citizens Against Government Waste, uh, its stated mission is to eliminate government waste, surprisingly enough. Tom Schatz is the president of CAGW. He joins us now. Thanks for being here, Tom. Glad to be on. Thank you. So your organization has come out with the 27th annual Congressional uh, Pig Book. Can you give us... I don't know, maybe the, the Cliff Notes version? What, what, what's new for this year? Sure. Well, Citizens Against Government Waste has been issuing the Congressional Pig Book since 1991. It is a compilation of what we call pork barrel spending or earmarks in the appropriations bills that get passed by Congress. In the 2019 uh, year, fiscal year, we found 282 earmarks costing taxpayers $15.3 billion. To put that in a little bit of perspective, it's a... 4% increase over the cost of last year, a 22% increase over the number of earmarks, but more importantly, uh, we are about uh, more than halfway to the record $29 billion in 2006. So even though Congress adopted a moratorium on earmarks in 2011, we are still finding plenty of them. Is this a bi- uh, bipartisan um, guilt? Is this blame evenly <laughs> spread here? Well, it's always been, uh, as people say, three parties in Washington, Democrats, Republicans, and appropriators. The Appropriations Committee members, on a bipartisan basis, add these earmarks uh, for each other and by each other. And uh, it has always been a very, unfortunately, bipartisan um, uh, process. And there's uh, there's been a tradition for a long time of, of praising Congress uh, people. Uh, senators and and people, from, uh, representatives in the House, uh, for bringing stuff back from Washington, uh, meaning that mo- they they figure out a way to get federal money spent in their district. Um, when did that become fashionable? And um, and has it ever has it ever regressed? Has it ever de- de- uh, decreased at all? Is it all? Is it just a constant? The real practice of using it for political purposes began when the Republicans took over the House in 1984. Uh, and then in 1985, during the course of that year, the Speaker Gingrich said, I, I apologize, uh, yeah, yeah, 80, 84, 85. So um, Speaker Gingrich said that in order to get uh, members reelected, that they should get these earmarks. Um, and I will correct myself again. I'm off by 10 years, 94 or 95. Yeah, and then Bill about Clinton 11 era, years yeah. later, and, yeah, 94, 95. So, so they were then considered kind of a, a political favor for the members who were going to go back home and say, I got this uh, project in the budget for you. But let's again put this in perspective. The 15.3 billion, even though it's more than the prior year, is one half of 1% of the federal spending budget, the appropriations budget. It's not a lot of money, but it's a lot of time. It's led to corruption. It's led to members voting for larger spending because they get a little piece of this pork barrel pie. And it's, you know, led to congressmen and uh, lobbyists being incarcerated in the 2000s, infamous projects like the Bridge to Nowhere. So it is not a good process. Uh, And again, representing such a small piece, it's caused a lot of trouble. Is it a is it a, a result of of the money uh, giving the uh, the legislator, whether it's a congressman or senator, whoever is bragging about bringing this money back? Is it a a, a, a case of them just getting too much power based on their ability to hand this stuff out? Oh, absolutely. Uh, uh, congressman Bud Schuster from Pennsylvania, when he was the chairman of the Transportation Committee, uh, got a lot of money for his. Uh, District and of course Senator Byrd from your neighboring state of West Virginia. Uh, half the state is named after him. All the projects he oh, got yeah. mm-hmm. for the state, uh, and so 
it, it was a way, it was basically taxpayer-subsidized re-election propaganda, in a sense. It was, you know, I'm getting this project for you, and, uh, I'm, you know, vote for me, is basically what it was. Yeah. But it was not a national priority. It was not something that helped the whole country. And in a lot of cases, it didn't even really help the state or district. It's interesting, since Senator Byrd left, and West Virginia got even fewer of these remarks, the state has, uh, that the state's economy has gotten better. Wow. Uh, maybe the private sector has done the job better than the government. That would be a shock, wouldn't it? Yeah, that's, that, yeah let's, let's not forget that. <laughs> uh, well, um, and I just wonder, I mean, I've heard this for a long time, you know, and it's, it's been going on as long as I've been around, that where, you, where a, a uh, legislator is, is patted on the back for having brought pork back from Washington, and everybody complains about the money being spent, except when the, their local congressman brags about the money that he brought back from the rest of the country having to pay for it. But I, I just wonder, I, I, because the, the, the uh, incumbents just stay in office forever. Everybody knows that. So um, how much do people even pay attention to what the, these people are doing? I mean, I, the, the media pay attention and... The political junkies may pay attention, but the, does the average person really know how much his congressperson or senator brings back? Well, I think they get a lot of local coverage. They try to take the credit. You know, of course, even before social media, they were putting up press releases and holding town meetings and, and talking about this. They have ribbon-cutting ceremonies. But, again, remember that with a, such a small percentage of the money going for these earmarks, most of what they get, 99% of what they bring back, is done by what they call the formula spending. So based on population, based on need, based on the quality of the roads, you know, that's the way almost all of the money in the federal government is distributed by these formulas Congress agrees to. It's only disproportionately distributed by the Appropriations Committee. So just a, another point, in the 111th Congress, uh, 2008 to 10, they named the legislators in the back of each of these spending bills uh, you know, who asked for it, who got it, where it was going. So 15% of Congress, 81 Appropriations Committee members, House and Senate, they got 51% of the number of earmarks and 61% of the money. So the rank-and-file members got nothing, basically, or proportionately, yet they still voted for, you know, hundreds of billions of dollars in spending because they got a few, a few million dollars in pork where the other Appropriations Committee members were getting tens or hundreds of millions of dollars. Wow. And that's uh, and and how long does it take the average uh, legislator to uh, um, understand that racket and know how to work it? Well, interestingly, uh, there was pressure in the last Congress by Republicans in the House to bring back earmarks. And this session, even though we have found them in the 2019 appropriations bills, they're about to start on the 2020 spending bills. They're working on them right now. The House Appropriations Committee Chair, Nita Lowy, a Democrat, said, we're not doing earmarks this year because we don't have a bipartisan agreement. And Senate Republicans, for the first time, voted for a permanent ban on earmarks. Now, that's not a law. It's just their rule. But nonetheless, that's the first time any group of members of Congress has said, we want a permanent ban on earmarks. We just don't want them at all. Yeah, I saw... Um um, I lost his name in my head. Uh, the guy who used to be the uh, the host of um, the the comedy show at night, eleven thirty. Uh, anyway, he, he, uh, no, no, no. Uh, he was he was um, he was uh, speaking uh, to co- uh, co- committee yesterday about uh, the yeah John Stewart. I lost his, I lost oh, his name. John Stewart, right about the nine eleven fund. Right? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. the reason I'm bringing it up, it just popped into my head because he was he he went on a, a long uh, tirade, which was all very good, by the way. Yep. Uh, where he was just trashing them for not supporting uh, or, or not extending the the deal where these uh, uh, 9-11 um, uh, responders would get paid, the people who have suffered from it. But he, he said, and please, uh, just uh, we, I want you to fix this and don't and don't attach it to some other bill, some appropriation <laughs> bill. And and, that, right. and so he's you know he's a comedian, but he's figured it out that you, right. you can't just yeah. go in there and say I need. X number of dollars for this, just give it to me. Everything has to be, so many different things have to be attached to it. Why is it so hard to cure themselves of that? Because that's the way they make deals. For example, the farm bill. They combine food stamps, which is not farming, and <laughs> agriculture subsidies. So you get the urban members who like food stamps and the rural members who like the farm subsidies together in one piece of legislation. And we and a lot of other groups like CAGW 
have tried to get them to separate that so that you're voting on only one individual program. That way you might get some reforms in each of them because you're not doing this major horse trading and then really ending up spending a lot more money on both sides and not getting any reform. You know, if they passed each bill individually, first of all, they'd have to work a little harder and show up more often. Right. And second, you would probably get better legislation. You know, in a lot of the states, they don't work as long, and they seem to get a lot more done. Well, do you have any favorites for this year, Pork? Uh, Yes. After 10 years of absence uh, as an earmark, we have now... Uh, again, monies for uh, research and quarantine for fruit flies, $9 million. That's the first time that's happened in 10 years. $13.8 million for wild horses and burrow management. <laughs> $7.9 million for fish screens. Uh, and $863,000 to eradicate brown tree snakes in Guam. It, where? Guam. Guam. Yes, the territory. Still, it's still our territory, but but it's in Guam. So if I so does that mean that if I go to Guam, I will not have to worry about being attacked by whatever you just said there? <laughs> the brown tree snakes. Yeah, the brown trees. Are they uh, deadly poisonous? They've been there. They've been there since World War II, and they keep trying to get rid of them. But they're they're pretty persistent, and yet they still they're earmarking extra money to deal with this problem, which really isn't ours. Well, you, you, I, there was an exa- um, example on, on your site about uh, $10 million spent on rural electrification without getting in too deep into the details. Um, and you mentioned it, it's about the government's failure to declare victory in, the, in, in a certain uh, area where they've been spending money. What do you mean by that? Well, this is these what's called high-cost energy grants uh, at the Rural Utility Service at the Department of Agriculture. Uh the problem is that they have other programs that do exactly the same thing, and that's been one of the problems with a lot of these earmarks and a lot of just spending in Washington uh, across the board is that uh, these regional, a regional commission like the Appalachian Regional Commission, which covers, of course, parts of Pennsylvania, and the Delta Regional Commission, which doesn't reach Pennsylvania, uh, the, and the Denali Commission in Alaska, all of them are local, regional, or state-based commissions that duplicate what the state and local governments spend. It would be easier to just add a little bit more money for the state and let them just run their own programs. But you have this overlap and duplication and, again, select money going to certain areas of the country that don't go to other areas. And I, I, it's interesting. Um, I saw the two different uh, politicians from two different sides. Uh, Rand Paul said he had a plan where you just take a penny one, 1% off of everything, and, and, and he could balance the budget in X number of years. I don't have the details on it. And then on the other side, there was Elizabeth Warren saying she could give everybody everything for free if they just taxed <laughs> two cents on every dollar after whatever, $50 million a year or something like that. Um, well, so that's two totally different ways of looking at it. Well, her math doesn't work, his does, um, but that's no surprise. Yeah. You know, the, the, the people that want more spending use the same group of people that pay the tax. You know, let's tax the rich to do this. Let's have free college, free yeah. whatever. Yeah. It's the same group that you're taxing. It doesn't add up. But uh, Senator Paul's effort is something we did support. He unfortunately only got 22 votes in the Senate to cut literally 2%. 2%. Yeah. What, I mean, you can cut 2% in, a, in two seconds if you need to so that your family has, you know, what it needs, right? You cut something out. You don't go on vacation or you don't buy something that you, you know, really don't need in most cases, and you save the money. Uh, the, that incentive, unfortunately, does not exist enough in Washington, and that's right. one of the things that we're continuing to push for. We're talking to Tom Schatz. He's the president of Citizens Against Government Waste. Um, I, you know, I, it seems to me, Tom, that you could you could pick four accountants out of the phone book or, you know, go to Google and pick four local accountants and they could sit down for 20 minutes and, and save billions of dollars just by looking at the stupidity that jumps off the page at them. If you, if you eliminate the politics from it. Are you stealing uh, the, the, uh, the script from that movie, Dave? No. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. And, and by the way, there are some more accountants finally in, in Washington in, in Congress, and they, they don't have control of the uh, spending yet, but they are, I think, certainly more people are talking about it and, and trying to do something about it. So as I mentioned earlier, the Senate Republicans agreeing that they should permanently ban earmarks as a step. 
Uh, and, you know, it, it, it's really a matter of the consequences. Uh, the, when the Tea Party, you know, pushed for uh, a, a different way of doing business in Washington, there was a lot of spending restraint. They had budget caps. Unfortunately, they are uh, lifting them on a bipartisan basis. And, you know, with Democrats in charge in the House, uh, it's even, unfortunately, more out of control. Well, I have uh, 30 seconds left, uh, Tom. Just get, how can people find Citizens Against Government Waste and uh, help you out a little bit? Well, we can go, they can go to the pigbook.org. That's where you can find the Congressional Pig Book. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you can also go to CAGW.org, where you can find a lot of information about wasteful spending. Hey, Tom, I appreciate you being on. Thanks a lot. Keep up the good work. Thank you. Okay, and we'll be right back. The best things in life are free. to pay double for roof replacement or repair if you haven't called windows or us you just might many companies are overcharging area homes and businesses nearly double with over 50 years in home remodeling windows are us is more than a window company they're the area's premier exterior replacement company for siding doors gutters downspouts and roof replacement and repair factory certified by north america's largest roof manufacturer windows are us will never overcharge you'll love their no pressure sales approach straightforward pricing and the fastest turnaround in the business right now get zero interest for 12 months on up to 25 thousand dollars windows are us will match any competitor's price no hidden fees or surprises ever schedule a free roof inspection today mention am 1250 for an exclusive 10 percent off why pay double visit the area's premier exterior replacement company windows are us more than a window company visit windows are us pittsburgh.com Have you heard the crack of the bat, the cheers of the crowd? Have you seen the smiles on the faces of the players as they take the field? I'm not talking about the Pirates. I'm talking about what's happening in Moon Township that can only be described as a miracle. This is John Steigerwald. With the help of Pirates Charities and people like yourself, the Miracle League of Moon Township has broken ground on a brand new ball field and adaptive playground where athletes with special needs can play regardless of their ability. At miraclesinmoon.org, you can see the stunning plans for the 9,500-square-foot playground and state-of-the-art ADA-compliant restroom facility with showers, wave technology, multi-level fountains and sinks, mechanical changing tables, and more. It's incredible. Our goal? To raise the remaining funds they need to bring it home by first pitch this September. Check it out at miraclesinmoon.org slash donate and make your tax-deductible gift today. That's miraclesinmoon.org slash donate. This message paid for by Robinson Town Center, a Zamias Properties entity. Have you tried digital marketing but don't know if it's getting you customers? Got different companies running your web design, social media marketing, and geofencing, but not sure which is working and which is a waste of your dollars? Contact us at Salem Surround. Digital marketing experts who offer a free analysis of your digital marketing effectiveness and suggest methods that could dramatically increase your sales. We can put all your digital marketing under one roof, give you monthly reports on results, and instantly move your dollars to the most effective areas of your digital marketing suite. Social marketing, geofencing, web search enhancement, event targeting, and more. Now there are no limitations on where you can reach customers with Salem Surround. Total market penetration for increased ROI. Learn more by logging on to surroundpittsburgh.com. Surroundpittsburgh.com. Connecting you with new customers. Imagine doing one thing that gives you an entirely different perspective about your place in the world. Think it would be worth it? Dennis Prager here inviting you to join me for a 10-day Stand with Israel tour. A tour through the land of Israel in December 2019. Come with me to get first-hand insight into Israel's fascinating past and promising future. Walk the ancient temple steps, sail on the Sea of Galilee, and so many more unforgettable moments. Return home inspired, renewed, and empowered if If you've ever dreamed of seeing Israel, this is your opportunity with expert guides and important lectures at key sites. We'll be together in the comfort and safety of luxurious accommodations the whole time. Join me for a life-changing adventure to give you a renewed sense of purpose. Get more details about the trip or sign up now to join Mike Gallagher and Dennis Prigger on the Stand with Israel tour by going to theanswerpgh.com slash Israel. That's the answer, pgh.com slash Israel. This is the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. 
Well, we should close, I guess, with a test. Uh, we talked a lot about history and government today. And uh, our first segment, in case you missed it, we talked about um, the ignorance of uh, history that seems to be permeating America these days. And so Aaron Byrne got a call. Our producer got a call uh, for someone telling us we should check out the eighth grade final exam in Salina, Kansas, back in 1895. And so I'm looking through this, and uh, I'm just how would you do on this one? Um, what are the following, and give examples of each, trigraphs, subvocals, diphthong, cognate letters, linguals, that's, a, that's for, for eighth graders, uh, give four substitutes for carrot U, give two rules for spelling words with final E, name two exceptions under each rule, here's some from, um, uh, gra- uh, not grammar, but um, geography, what is climate? Upon what does climate depend? Imagine the answers back in 1895 compared to what you'd get now. How do you account for the extremes of climate in Kansas? They can't say uh, cars back in 1895. Uh, Of what use are rivers? Of what use is the ocean? Describe the mountains of North America. This is for eighth grade. And and by the way, these aren't, uh, have you noticed, these are not multiple choice or true and false, true or false. Uh, name and describe the following. Monrovia, Odessa, Denver, Manitoba, Hecla, Yukon, St. Helena, Helena, I should say, Juan Fernandez, Aspenwall, and Orinoco. Aspenwall? Who knew Aspenwall would get into this test in Kansas? Uh, name and locate the principal trade centers of the U.S. Name all the republics of Europe and give the capital of each. Think any eighth graders could do that now? I don't know. I don't know. What is the Atlantic coast? Why is the Atlantic coast colder than the Pacific in the same latitude? And describe the process by which the water of the ocean returns to the sources of rivers. Describe the movements of the Earth and give inclination of the Earth. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not passing those. I don't. I'm not. I'm not getting good grades in geography there. But that's uh, that's a test from 1895, final exam. And again, no multiple choice there. They'd have to actually, you know, take a pen and paper and write the answer out and show that they knew the answer. And then they probably got slapped around if they didn't know them. I don't know. That was 1895. But that's your history lesson for today. I don't know. Maybe arithmetic tomorrow. Thanks. See you tomorrow. The John Steigerwall Show is a production of AM 1250, The Answer, and Salem Media Group. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for donald trump to hire i find out the worst enemy that i'm going to face in my life is right here in america they took my assessment and they wanted me to change it i was like i'm not changing it they had to get rid of flynn with in-depth interviews archival footage and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines i just felt like i was drowning flynn deliver the truth whatever the cost available now watch it today go to salemnow.com salemnow.com